Corinthian services. Okay, we've been through some Corinthian stuff. Um, so part of what I love about the book of Corinthians, there's like a couple famous scriptures in there for me. So Paul, everyone knows of Paul, right? Paul plants this Corinthian church um, on his like whatever second missionary or something. He goes to a place called Corinth, plants a church there, meets uh, a two, uh, like a couple, I forgot their name. They were tent makers like Paul. He stayed with them and he planted a church. And this uh, 1 Corinthians is one of his letters to that church. And I love what he says. He says in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with words of plausible speech and wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith, everyone say faith, might not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. And he says, and I was with you in much fear, weakness, and trembling. And I, I'm like, this is Paul who knows the Lord, who had a crazy encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And even him, he's like, look, when I came to you, I was in fear, weakness, and much trembling, but I was dependent on God showing up. And I was with you in fear, weakness, and much trembling. And he says, but I came to you in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And then we went through script, uh, chapters one, two, and three already. Phil did an awesome job last week. So I was starting on four. At the end of chapter four, he says this thing. He's like, there's people in, in your church that are trying to teach you, and they're arrogant. And he goes, but when I come, I'm going to see these people, and not just their talk, but their power. Because the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. So read, so check this out. In first, like Paul is so, so so confident that the Lord is going to show up that it's not just people sitting around talking. Like people are in the church trying to teach things that are false, that it's okay to do sexual morality and all this stuff. And Paul's like, look, it's not about sitting around and just talking. There's an actual power. And these people that are deceiving you, when I show up, I'm not just going to hear what they have to say and hear their talk, but I'm going to see their actual power. You get it? So today I wanted to talk about the power of God because it's just for today and it's so big and so real. And I'm, my heart is starving for him to show up in this church more with his power. Amen. We can't just be like the people that Paul is talking about that just sit around and talk about God, but there's an actual spirit of God who's here that rose Christ from the grave that actually lives in us, that still moves, lives, and breathes, and wants to do the same today. Amen? Woo! Everyone knows that scripture, like it's so famous in Christian charismatic churches where Jesus was like, anyone who believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, right? He'll do even greater things than this because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus literally told his disciples that, this, that anyone who believes in him will do the works he's been doing. He will do even greater things because he's going to the Father. So the works in that passage are literally the mighty works, the miracles, signs, and wonders that Jesus did. And I believe God wants to show up today just as powerfully. Amen? Oh, amen. Let me just read that. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can't. Whoa, this is crazy. Let me just. You guys can go to 1 Corinthians 4 so I can read that scripture real quick. Uh, or you can just receive it. It says, some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people but their power, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. And I feel like, um, I feel like Razor... I feel like we all have a hunger to see the power of God show up in our lives. And sometimes it's just like, well, how do I, how do I see that? Is it something that I strive for? Is it something that I got to earn? And I came from a 
church planning culture. I spent 10 years of my life uh, with the, a guy named Micah Clausen, who's a pastor here, and we planted a church called Jesus Worldwide. And there were seasons of our lives where we were seeing so many signs and wonders and miracles and God healing people. people we'd just be in coffee shops and people would be giving their lives to Jesus. And the one thing that I see encompassing that whole season was how it was easy for God and how our job was simply to rest in God and not strive to see God move, but more so just believe that he wanted to and expect him to show up every day. And I believe that if we want to see these things in our church, it's not about, you know, like, God, help me have more faith. That's a good place to start. But in your faith, learn to rest and just believe what he's already said. Like, It says in Galatians, it says, does the God who works miracles among you and do signs and wonders do so by the works of the law, like your own flesh, your own striving, or does he do it by the spirit, the hearing of faith? Let me read this scripture. It says in Galatians 3, 5 through 6, it says, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law Or by hearing with faith. Everyone say hearing with faith. Everyone say hearing with faith. Amen. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So it starts with us believing what God says. And faith, the Bible says in Hebrews, is confidence in what you hope for. The evidence of things unseen. So, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Faith, okay. Faith is something that is present. Hope is something that is in the future, right? So biblical hope isn't just wishful thinking. Like, I don't just wish God would heal me. I don't just wish God would show up. Biblical hope and faith is confidence in what you hope for. Biblical hope is being fully convinced that and expecting him to show up. Do you get it? So we need to be people who, if God says that, like, um, anyone who believes in me, will do what I do. He will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. If we hear these things, we need to be people who take this to heart and simply believe and expect it to happen. Does that make sense? All right. Holy Spirit, come. We need you, Jesus. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Spirit. I remember when I first started, um, I grew up in a very conservative church where um, we talked a lot about God. We talked a lot about going to heaven when we die, but we never saw God do anything here and now. Like, we never had a personal relationship with God. There wasn't, um, there wasn't much connection and there wasn't much seeing God move, right? And then fast forward, um, when I fully gave my life to Jesus in college, I, um, I met a guy named Micah, right? And I had a little ministry and I was ministering to some friends and trying to get them saved, trying to share Jesus with them. And I had this atheist friend named Josh. And I was like preaching the gospel to Josh for like a year, right? Trying to just like argue him into the kingdom essentially, right? I'm just like, dude, like you're not just a sack of cells. You think you're just a cell, but like, no, there's more. And then I, I take him to meet this guy named Micah. And Micah just gets a word of knowledge for him instantly. The guy's back gets healed and he gives his life to And he starts sitting there going, I feel drunk. What's going on? Why do I feel so drunk? And he gives his life to Jesus, like, right away. And I'm like, this is amazing. So the power of God is for today and actually, like, empowers us to see people get healed, set free, and delivered. Does that make sense? 
And I remember, I remember when I first started believing this stuff and seeing Micah and the people that were so full of faith that I started walking with do it. I was at a Starbucks one time and found myself chatting with some, some ladies. They were so sweet, like little elder Hispanic ladies. And I was just talking to them and like basically started bragging about what I was seeing God do. Yeah, we've seen like cancer healed. It was crazy. These people that I know just pray for people, they get healed. And they're like, increíble, increíble. And I was like, yeah, Micah's coming here. And she's like, I have something really bad in my knees. It's like arthritis. It hurts all the time. And I'm like, when Micah gets here, he's going to pray for you. You're going to get healed. Wait for Micah. He's coming, you know? And I was just like, just bragging on Jesus. And then I felt the Holy Spirit come on me like, just pray for her, bro. Like, it's not hard. So I was like, I'll pray for you right now. It was like the first time I saw an instant miracle, right? So she had all this pain in her knees. I'm sitting at Starbucks. I just put my hand on her knee and go, in Jesus' name, be healed. And she goes, increíble, increíble. She's like fully healed of whatever it was. And I'm just like, wow, God, because here's the deal. It is so easy for God. And I think sometimes we forget that all you have to do is stretch forth your hand, right? Like, Moses, when he parted the Red Sea, he was praying to God, and God said, like, he was praying to God in fear because the Egyptians were coming behind him, and there was a sea in front of us, and they're all, all the Israelites were grumbling to Moses saying, did God just lead us out of Egypt to die here in the desert? And he's like, God, what are you doing? And God says, why do you pray for me? Pray to me, stretch forth your hand. So Moses stretched forth his hand, and the sea parts. Like, that sea parting wasn't because Moses was like, so powerful in and of themselves. Obviously, it was God, but there's something that we do, and sometimes it's just as easy as, okay, you know, and God just shows up, and I'm just saying this because he wants to move. He wants us to be a church that expects God to move from our gut. Do we get it? Like, the enemy loves to just whisper and be like, well, it's been so long. It's been so long. Like, you're not healed yet. It's been so long. But we're called to remain in faith. The Bible says in Romans that Abraham believed against, in hope against all hope. That God was able to do what he said he would do. You guys get it? So what are the things that are against all hope in our minds? Like if you need healing, if you've been waiting for God to show up, what are the against all hope thoughts that come from the enemy? It's been so long. Maybe he isn't who he said he would be. Maybe he doesn't want to do it through you. Those are lies from the pit of hell, and we're called to remain in faith and see this stuff and expect it to happen. Not just wish for it to happen, but expect it to happen. We get it? Let me read the scripture about Abraham. Abraham in Romans 4 says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Everyone say, in hope. Hope is expecting. It's, hope is the confident expectation of good in your life. We've been born again into a living hope. We should be confidently expecting good in our life. Confidently expecting God to show up. It's that simple. It's not your own striving. It's not your own work. But it's your, the Bible says, Jesus said this, the work of God is to believe in the one in whom he sent. You are a believer. Rest in the faith of Jesus. Wake up believing confidently, expecting God to do his work. That's literally our job. We can't do it on our own strength, but we can believe that God's going to show up and partner with him and say, yes, God. Jesus marveled at people's faith. You know what moves God is faith. Jesus was marveling when people came to him and believed that he could actually do what he said. He loves it. He, your faith is worship. Your belief that God is who he says he is and wants to come through is worship to him. I want to be a church who believes him against all hope, right? So it says in Romans 4, 
18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his face, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. Everyone say, strengthened in my faith. Come on, and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. Like, this is, this is huge. Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Are, are we fully convinced? <laughs> if not, sit with the Lord. Read his word. Read what his promises are and say, Father, remove any doubt. Remove anything that would not partner with what you want to do. You know, when Jesus was doing miracles and his ministry, it says in Nazareth, he came to his own people, and he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. <laughs> You know what can quench God moving on this earth is our unbelief. <laughs> it's not that he physically couldn't or that he wasn't God and couldn't just make, make things happen. It was that because of unbelief, people refused to even come to him. So let us be people that keep coming to him. Let us not waver in this hope against all hope. Do we get it? Okay. Let's finish the scripture real quick. Verse 20, Abraham's 420, or Abraham 420. That would be a crazy book. Abraham 420. Romans 4.20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power. Everyone say, God had power, God had power. to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham hoped against all hope that God was able to do what he said and remained in faith, and he became the father of faith. Jesus, thank you. There's a scripture in Romans 8. It says, for in this hope we were saved. Everyone say, in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is not seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Come Holy Spirit. So I feel like in this message of the power of God, we're going to do some ministry tonight. We're going to pray for things that need to be broken off. We need to see God actually move. <laughs> And sometimes it's as easy as just saying, watch what God's going to do. Like, he's going to move. He's going to heal bodies tonight. He just is. Because he, he, it's not a base. You see, the thing about sometimes in, in walking with the Lord, we go off our feelings sometimes. We go off like, do I feel the anointing right now? Like, I don't know if I can, like, pray for you to be healed. Cause I don't feel it. But you're not a feeler, right? We say this all the time. You're not a feeler. You're a believer. Like, I even, I even love what Dan Moeller, Dan Moeller is a, is a preacher. He's awesome. One time he actually prayed. He's like, God, I don't want to feel any more manifestations when I'm praying for anybody. You know why? Because I don't want to feel like I need that. Like, I don't want to feel heat in order to, like, feel like the faith. Like, what if we just believe that God said they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover and we'd see it, you know? What if we just believe? It's not about, I got goosebumps. Lord's, Lord's here. <laughs> it's just about what he said. It's just, do we full, are we fully persuaded in what he said? Does that make sense? I'm drilling this because it really is about what we believe. Because what you believe, you're going to live out. Amen? Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Let me share a couple of testimonies. I shared, um, shared this one here one time. Are we good? We're all, am I moving too fast? Just be like, yo, you're going fast, bro. Chill. Okay. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. We love it. We love it. So good. I'm I'm just I'm ready for Jesus. He's so good. Like the gospel has never changed. Like you want to wake up and be encouraged, think about the resurrected Jesus. 
He is fully resurrected. Faith comes from thinking about the resurrected Jesus. He's fully alive. He's completely set us free from sin. You guys know that, right? Right? It says in 2 Peter, it says, He himself bore our sins on the cross so that we might no longer live to sin but live to righteousness. For as it is written, by his stripes you are healed. What are you healed from? The power of sin on your life. You're not bound to sin the rest of your life. That's a lie from that devil. Jesus, let me read it. Let me say it again. He himself bore our sins on the cross. Why? So that we might no longer live to sin, but live to righteousness. For as it is written, by his stripes we are healed. The Bible also says that he who knew no sin became sin on that cross. So that we might become the righteousness of God. Where? In Christ Street, Jesus. The mark of Christianity is you've been baptized into the death of Jesus. What was the death of Jesus? The sin on the cross. You've been baptized into his death. The Bible says that in order that you might be risen to walk in the newness of life just as Christ was risen from the grave. I'm saying this because we need to get this too. You're not just, the word healed or the word saved means healed, set free, delivered, made whole, right? It's not just going to heaven when, when I die. And I know we get this, but let's just repeat it. It's healthy. Uh, we get it? You're not, you're not bound to sin for the rest of your life. I may, that may be for like two people in here, but some of us need to hear that you're not bound to sin for the rest of your life. If you are sinning, the Bible says that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who stands in your place. But then it says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. The gospel's good, guys. Jesus said he came to call sinners to repentance. It's, we don't need to shy away from this part of the gospel, right? Like, we have good news for sinners. <laughs> he came to not call the, the righteous but the sinners to repentance. So we have, like, I feel like, I'm, I feel like this is a vein right now that we hit. I'm going to hit a, a few different things. But he came to call the sinners to repentance. Like, part of the gospel is saying, hey, like, you actually do need to repent and come into Christ. Like, the way you're living is not okay. The Bible says that they were alienated from the life of God because of the hardness and ignorance that was in them. People are, people, there's a movement going on right now that says, like, everyone's already saved, they just don't know it yet, or like, you know, like, the Bible says, behold the kindness and the severity of God. He's righteous and just, and there is a free gift of salvation for everyone who would come to it and repent and come into him. Do we get it? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And I, I just want to preach the gospel. Let's preach the whole gospel. It's actually really good news to tell people, bro, it's not okay to do what you're doing. Come into Jesus. He'll totally forgive you, wipe you clean, be baptized, be made new. Like, if, when I was, like, smoking pot every day and just living for my flesh, if someone just said, you're good, bro, like, you're saved, that would really mess me up. You know, there was something deep because the Bible says that he has left us without an excuse because he's actually put eternity in our hearts. And it says that through, the vis through what he's created the, from the visible things that uh, we've been left without excuse because his um, divine attributes have been clearly seen in what is seen in, from what he made. Does that make sense? Everyone's heard that scripture. Okay. Was not expecting to share that, but we did it. What I'm trying to say is there's something in my heart that knew because of what I was doing, the conscience that God gave me, that I should not be doing this. And my relationship with the Lord, God, the creator, was there was a chasm. I was, the Bible says I was alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance and hardness that was in me. But because when I confessed my sin, I became a new creation. It took me like... It took me 30 seconds to come into this room one day after living an atheist party guy and say, 
Jesus, if you're really real, I need help. I saw Jesus on the cross, and I, and I immediately started weeping. And I physically got changed from the inside out, like physically. Like the gospel is so real. Physically. He's so good. <laughs> I just, oh, like Paul in Corinthians, like, like I, when I was among you, I decided to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. I'm just convinced that we have the best news on the planet. Just like Paul when he said, like, um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. Uh, and another, oh, I wasn't going to, okay. Guys, we need boldness. We need boldness. The church here, we need, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> and he's going to reveal the things in our heart. Like the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians, that we w- must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll receive, um, f- what our, we'll receive what we're due for the deeds that we've done in the body, whether good or bad. And what I'm saying is he knows what's in our heart. He knows if we're afraid to share the truth or not. And he just wants, and it's not a condemnation thing, but it's a thing of like, are we afraid of persecution? Are we afraid of being unliked? Are we afraid of being rejected? But the reality is we have the best news. And like there is a righteousness that we got to share. The gospel is good. And we need to pray that people come into it and not be afraid and actually come out of this world. The Bible actually commands us to come out and be separate from them. You get it? We're not of this world and we don't need to try to fit in. We don't need to like make excuses for sin. We don't, we don't condemn people. Like, we're not, like, walking around and saying, like, you terrible person. You know, there's, like, a, there's, oh, we're going, I did not want to go here, Lord. Okay, we're going here. There's two ways you can tell people about hell. You can tell people about hell being, like, sinner, you're going to hell. You're going to burn. You know, or you can tell people with tears in your eyes and be, like, look, there's a hell, and I don't want you to go there. It's still truth, you know, but sometimes we get so afraid because some, some sides have gone so far over here and they're like, you're a sinner, you're going to burn. It's like, where's the love in that, you know? It's go, there's no hell, you're good. Where's the love in that? Let's tell people the truth. And there, here's the deal. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. So when you speak the truth, it actually cuts. You're actually giving people a lifeline. You're actually throwing like someone's drowning in sea. And when you speak the truth boldly, when you speak it boldly, you're like throwing someone a lifeline and saying, come to eternity. We got to speak it boldly. We have to. We have to. Oh, so the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Let us be people who speak the truth in love, right? Jesus wasn't afraid to share the truth. Oh. I'm just saying this because if you want to change lives, you got to be okay with not being like. Jesus said, woe to you when everyone speaks highly of you. You know that. Woe to you when everyone speaks highly of you. So Everyone will speak highly of you if you're living kind of two lives. Like, like if you never correct somebody or never preach truth, most people are going to like you. You can easily fit in with a lot of different people if you never. No one likes. Jesus said the reason the world hates me is because I testify that works are evil. No one's going to, like, come against you if you don't tell them the truth. Like, it's, we have to speak the truth in love, right? Jesus. Jesus, help us. Help us, God. All right. Father, thank you for your power. We love you, Jesus. I right, share a couple more testimonies. What time is it? There's no clock in the back. Oh, sweet. Um, all right, come Holy Spirit. I think it's okay place to go. Have you guys heard of Meltari? Yeah, Meltari is, uh, I think he's spoken here. He was a friend of my last ministry. Meltari is a a, a, a guy who got saved in Indonesia, right? And he just started walking around, sharing Jesus. Jesus would lead him to islands, and he would just literally almost change the whole nation, right? 
man, I'm sharing this because part of what I want you to talk about is like the being weak so God can be strong. Like the Bible says that God's eyes search to and throw the earth looking for someone to show himself strong in. And we can actually be weak so he can be strong. So Mel Tari, his story is awesome. When he came to the United States, he was supposed to preach a sermon at a church, right? And he doesn't speak English. And his interpreter doesn't show up. And this is like a friend of ours. Like we know him. He lives in Dana Point, I think still. And his interpreter didn't show up. And he's got a whole church. He's like praying, God, what do I do? (laughs) And he hears the Holy Spirit say, just say, hello, my brothers and sisters. So he's like, all right, let's just go with what I feel. He gets up to a whole church and he goes, hello, my brothers and sisters, and preaches a whole sermon in perfect English. That was like 20 years ago. This brother is fluent in English to this day. God just gave him English. I'm saying, like what Paul's saying in Corinthians, like I'm not going to find out just their talk, but their power, like, Sometimes our minds can't comprehend the power of God. Sometimes our minds just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? That's why he's able to do far more abundantly than we ask or imagine. So if you want faith, you just have to say, well, I'm praying for a knee, but you're able to go far more abundantly than that. We have to blow our boxes of what the God of the universe wants to do and can do in our lives. It's just that simple. It really, like, Meltari, just, I love this. I love this. It says, Someone said, and I love this quote, it says, God isn't looking for people with great capabilities. He's looking for people with total availability. You get it? Are we just saying yes? Like, he's God. He can do so much to someone who just says yes. Yields. Yes, God. Yes. What do you want to do? I don't need to know it all. I don't need to have it all together in my mind or think I know everything. But your spirit lives within me, the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. And I trust that as I move and just say yes, you're going to do mighty works. Amen? Come on, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. I think I've shared this testimony here, but it was just so fun. You, you go through ministry, right, and you have, like, it's like, you have these, like, core memories, and you just use them every time. But one time my wife and I were like, we're going to go share, the, share Jesus because we don't want people to go to hell. We're on a door like, we've got an hour left. Let's just go share Jesus because hell sucks. Let's go save people, you know. <laughs> and we go to CVS, and there's this brother, massive limp with crutches, just like massive limp going straight for the alcohol. Big dude. And I immediately was like, going the other way, not going to this guy. And I was like, go pray for him, go pray for him. And we go up to this guy and we say, hey, we're just out here praying for people. Uh, what happened? And he was in a uh, bowling accident. Said his pain was at like a level nine, massive limp. Spirit of God just came. I said, I'm going to pray for you. He got fully healed where he started walking and just going, I ain't trying to be funny or nothing. I ain't trying to be funny or nothing. Completely healed. Completely healed. Like, he stood there as I was praying, and you could feel just the Holy Spirit. I was like, just be, and the thing is, it's not about your words of eloquent wisdom. It's just the Spirit of God. I was like, be healed in Jesus' name. And I just felt it. I was like, this is awesome. And he looked at me. I'm like, yeah, no, go test it out. He's like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, just go walk. And he starts walking perfectly and started screaming, I ain't trying to be funny or nothing. It was awesome. But what I'm saying is it's just like, I remember one time we prayed for a kid with a deaf ear, and we laid our hands on his ear, and I truly, in my mind, did not think anything was going to happen. I d- my mind was saying, nothing's going to happen. Kid started hearing out of his left, out of his left ear. We, we plugged the other ear. His mom was there. His mom was tripping out because we plugged the ear that um, 
we plugged the other ear. This was like a while ago. We plugged one ear where he couldn't, where he uh, could hear out of, and we spoke into the ear that we had just prayed into, and he was hearing perfectly, and his mom was freaking out because there's no way he could have heard. So what I'm saying is, if Jesus just said to lay your hands on the sick and they will recover, don't worry about how. Don't worry about even what to say. The Spirit of God is upon you, upon you. Even Paul's handkerchief healed people. I love that. It's like, it's so easy, a handkerchief could do it. Literally, it's not about how do we get people healed. It's just about believing. Like it says in Galatians, does the God who worked miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and God counted to him as righteous. Do we believe that God has done us and wants to do this stuff? <laughs> oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Anybody got a little do-do-do-do-do? Let's get one of those. Do-do-do-do. Come on, Holy Spirit. We need you, Jesus. We need you. Yeah, dude, share your testimony. Really quick, it just happened. We were at the skate park because our kids are getting back into skating. And um, this guy, Mank, he's, he turns, he's like 60 years old. And he teaches our kids skating, and he's just gnarly good. He's, he's such a sweetheart, though. He's, he's there every day. And um, he starts, Jess and I are literally behind the, the gate outside the skate park with the two little ones. And, um, and he just starts complaining. He's like, yeah, I'm getting 60. Literally after this, I just literally go home. I'm not at the skate park. I'm laying down in bed, my, my back. And, and he just starts describing all these problems. And Jessica, I'll just brag on her. She's like, well, mate, let's pray for you. Let's pray for you right now. And she's, he's like, oh, um, uh, okay. Um, all right. And so it, she just lays hands on him through the, through the, the gate and everything like that and just starts praying for him. And he's just like this, you know. I don't th- I'm, I, we know he's not a Christian. And then we just start praying for him. And after, like, he's like, he's like, she's like, how does it feel? How does it feel? He's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like, I could, I could, I could feel the, the chills, the tingles all over my body, though. Something was happening. And, and uh, we didn't get to, I mean, he, he kind of had to run, but, um, but we're in relationship with him. So we're going to see him again. And we're going to grow out his leg. And, uh, but it was so cool because he, he acknowledged that something happened. And I just want to say, like, something happens. Amen, 100%. I think, that, I think that's just what we're getting at. It's like, do we actually believe believe this stuff. I love in, in the early chapters of Acts, Peter and John were walking to the synagogue on the Lord's Day. There was a cripple there who had been lame since birth who was begging. And they said, look at us when he begged for some stuff. And when he looked at them, because he's begging for money, they said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. This guy's been lame since birth in his probably like, you know, 30s to 40s. They pick him up, and instantly the man said, it says he was walking, leaping, and praising God. What we do have, we give to you. Okay? Like, we have the gospel. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He's in us. And we have the power of God to heal the sick. You do. Even if you don't feel it, you do. You do. It's wild, guys. Listen, after that guy was healed, it says that everyone was surrounding Peter and John and going like, wow, like this is crazy. And they said, why do you look at us as if by our power this guy is healed? Why are you looking at us? But then he says, but through the name of Jesus Christ and what? Faith in his name, this man walks. This man stands before you and walks. Through what? Why do you look at us? It wasn't us. But through the name of Jesus Christ, and not just that, but faith in his name, this man walks. I want to get to that place where we're consistently going, what I do have, I give to you. Because he's alive, he really is. Not just when we feel it, he just really is alive. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to share one last testimony, hopefully. 
we got like eight minutes. You know, I don't know. We're just going to keep going. Um, one time I was leading worship at a youth retreat in the desert. It was like a youth camp. And these guys, <laughs> these guys brought distilled water to <laughs> the youth camp in the middle of the desert. Distilled water does not hydrate you. It literally takes the minerals that you need to get hydrated out of the water. So all day I'm in the desert doing ministry, drinking distilled water, which does not hy hydrate you. You can correct me later if that's not what it was that got me sick, but I'm just assuming that was it. I started, I was throwing up left and right. My head was throbbing, like someone was inside my skull hitting it with a hammer. Like I was so sick. I was, I could not keep anything down and I had to lead worship like in 30 minutes. And I was literally outside of the event center, on the ground in the desert, on the concrete, because for some reason that's what felt good. I was literally on the concrete, pulling my hair a little bit to help relieve some of the pressure, and the heat on the concrete felt good. It, it was so sick. I was like, felt like I was dying. The speaker <laughs> comes and finds me. It was 30 minutes to have to lead worship. And he goes, we need you, man. I'm like, yeah, sure we do. <laughs> like, I need, I know. And he's, and, but he came up to me. And he just laid his hand on me, and this brother started praying for me. I could tangibly feel that this guy knew that what he was saying was going to happen. I knew that this guy knew that what was in him was bigger than what was in me, and I was receiving that faith. He started praying for me. He said, we rebuke you, devil. He didn't just like, it didn't even matter what he said, but I could just feel that this guy knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was moving a mountain. And it whacked me, like in a good way. Like that faith, like you can just tell it's tangible. It was infecting me. And I was lying there and I could start, I started, I was like, this guy, you know, we live in a charismatic culture where everyone prays and sometimes we get jaded. Oh, brother, I've got like 12 people prayed for me already, you know? But it's like, faith doesn't quit, you know? And like, but when he started praying in faith, I was like, wow, I'm just, this guy really thinks I'm gonna get healed. Like right now, like this guy is not budging. And I, the second I started thinking that, I felt it. I, I got fully healed within 60 to 120 seconds from like hours of throwing up to throbbing headache. I started just feeling better, walked up, fully better within two minutes, ate a massive meal, kept it down and led worship and never came back. It's just, oh, this, but I knew this guy believed, you know? <laughs> it's almost like if you're on a team and you're playing baseball, like the game's already been won when it comes to sickness and your prayer. It's like, you're not begging this thing to go. You're more so commanding it to go because Jesus paid the price for it and we're releasing that to this person. We're not wishing it would go. We're saying, you need to go until it goes. And we remain in faith. Faith doesn't quit. Oh, we prayed twice. So, oh, we're, we're done. No, 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 you remain in faith. You remain in faith. The Bible says in James, is anyone among you sick? They should call upon the elders of the church. Everyone say, call upon the elders. They should anoint that sick person's head with oil and pray over them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. This is literally what the scriptures say. It's not just you have to be an elder to pray for it. It's just saying someone with faith. That's all it's saying. They should call upon the elders. Why? Because the elders should be walking in faith. The elders should be like, let's get this thing taken care of. Elders, someone just mature in the faith. They said, let's go. Let's do this. Like, do we really believe that we can do this thing? <laughs> Amen? Come on, can we get, um, look. One time I waved my hand at someone and he got fully healed because I was doing ministry one night. We had seen all these miracles and this guy came up because he needed healing. And I just knew it didn't matter how. I just went, and he was fully healed. 
I just was like, it was like at the end of the night, dude. He came up, we were on a treasure hunt, and someone's like, we found the guy with the sword throne! And like, they brought this like elderly guy to me, and I was like, and he's like, it's out there! I'm like, yeah, God, you know? But I'm just saying these testimonies to stir us up because he's so good, and it's not about our own strength. It's just about do we believe that he wants to, and he's gonna when we just say things. So if you need a miracle, can you please just come to the front? If you need any type of miracle, emotional, whatever, if, you, if you've been praying for something for 30 years, if you need a family member saved, if you need anything, let's just go after this stuff. If you want to come, I don't, anybody can come pray for these people. Let's just believe God for whatever mountain needs to be moved that it's going to happen. Let's just expect it to happen and thank God, all right? Jesus, thank you for this. Just, if you want to, please come and lay hands on these people. You can ask them what they need prayer for. But please keep your focus on that God wants to move the mountain, not the bigness of their problem. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Yes, come on. Anybody that wants to pray, please come pray for these people. Anybody. Camarena family, if you guys want to, feel free. Come play for people.
me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this. Give me Jesus. Give me the one. Give me the one my soul delights in. Give me the one in whom my hope is securely found. Give me the one my soul delights in. Oh, my King, give me the one in whom my hope is securely found. Give me the one in whom my soul
time we need you We're met by love And lift our hands to heaven Full of faith Cause every time we worship We see your face We can run straight Every time we need you, yeah, we're met by love. We can lift our hands to heaven, full of faith. Every time we meet, we see your faith. Oh, we see your faith. It's all about you. We see your
I live. 